Hello, fakers, and welcome back to another mini-sode of Fake Ritual, the podcast. That's your eeny, beeny, itsy-bitsy, teeny-weeny guide to pop culture and the occult. (laughs) And with me is returning guest. He's a Pittsburgh musician, an artist, and was... With me in the beginning on episode six, where we talked about, oddly enough, Mortal Kombat, it's Johnny Arlett. Greetings once again, fellow fakers. Yes. Oh, well, great voice there to set the tone for what we're about to talk about. We're going to talk about the recent iteration in the Mortal Kombat franchise, the movie that just came out titled Mortal Kombat. And I'll just start the fakers off in case they haven't uh heard of this or they you know want to know what's going on i'll hit with a synopsis here uh washed up mma fighter cole young unaware of his heritage and hunted by emperor shang sung's best warrior sub-zero seeks out and trains with earth's greatest champions as he prepares to stand against the enemies of outworld in a high stakes battle for the universe so, Johnny, you watched this movie. You watched it a uh, few times, from what I understand. Yes. What was your immediate takeaway before we get into kind of the characters that we loved? Overall, as somebody who was looking forward to this movie but was a bit skeptical, I really enjoyed it because of how bizarre it was, I think. Like, it's it, it's... It's enjoyable for reasons I'm not totally sure if that are intended. Like, it's it's just very surreal to see how nutso um, it gets. It's, you know, very strong start, and then things kind of just spiral from there. Um, it, it, it really is kind of like a snowball effect that happens throughout. Yeah, it's interesting, even for, you know, because here on the show, we it, this isn't a review show. We're not, you know, we're not here to either give a thumbs up or a thumbs down. We're here to kind of examine the film, especially for occult stuff. Uh, so to look at this movie, and yeah, it's definitely a dumb movie, but having, you know, that being true, it's still, in being dumb, kind of fits into the Mortal Kombat world because, again... Check out episode six to hear us talk about a ton of bad Mortal Kombat video games, uh, TV shows. So it's kind of cool, like what you're saying. It it sucks in a way, the movie does, but it's kind of fun that it sucks. I think it's very of its time. You know, it's very like modern, mm-hmm. 2021. It, it's what I would envision a movie of this kind to look like at this period in time. And I think the same goes for the first one. Um, I (laughs) maybe the second one also, but I think, you know, um, there are a lot of good elements and a lot of weird, uh, questions I'm left with, but overall, I think, um, you know, it's, it's decent. Yeah. Uh, well, this'll, (laughs) this'll be a good place to try to suss out the decent from the undecent. And at least jump into the 
definite cool part, which is the opening, the opening scene. And just to warn the those listening at home, there will be spoilers here, but we're also, you know, I, I gave you the synopsis up top, so we're, we're not really going to stick too much to what happened in what order beyond, like, this uh, this opening. Then we're going to talk about the characters a bit, and then we're going to talk about the final fight. So what did you think of this, the opening to this, where we get to meet... Uh, what is his name? It's not Scorpion in Mortal Kombat, or not Scorpion in Sub-Zero yet. It is Hanzo Hasashi and B-Han going thought, at it. I thought that this was a really good way to start the movie, um, especially in terms of the way the fight went down. Um, I remember seeing people talking about once the first, I think, eight or ten minutes of the movie had been released, I wanted to wait just because of all the good things I was hearing about this particular section of the movie. And uh, I'm glad I did because it, it was really, like, intense, I think, especially for the lack of that gritty brutality that people get from the game um, to see it transferred to the movie in such a way uh, I think really like hits the spot for people who already know um, a little bit about the lore. Yeah, it has some heart, and oddly enough, sets up who you know Hanzo Hasashi, who becomes Scorpion as the good guy, which is rare. It seems in at least from what I know of Mortal Kombat lore. Uh, it was unexpected to see, I think, especially, um, I got a chance to watch the animated movie that Warner Brothers did, the Scorpion, the Legend of Scorpion or Scorpion's mm. Revenge, mm-hmm. um, which is kind of just like how they tell the first Mortal Kombat story, but more so from the perspective of Scorpion. Um, like, it incorporates him as sort of a, a wild card, which I, I think he normally is, but, um... They don't seem to really uh, focus too much on his time in the nether realm, I've noticed in this one. Yeah, so basically you get uh, Hanzo Hisashi coming up against Bihan and loses his family and then goes one-on-one, you know, uh, with the would-be Sub-Zero and dies and then yeah it just kind of gets like sucked into the ground i i agree like you were saying there's plenty of moments if you did not know what the lore of mortal Kombat was i think you would be lost i mean in a way kind of almost immediately that part i think whenever he uh disintegrates is definitely one of the uh my favorite parts of that one the effects on that are really cool yeah th- this movie it definitely has really, really cool effects. I There's a lot of moments where I was gasping and, like, cheering. And even up top, just to kind of put the the uh, ice cap, to use a pun, on this scene, uh, <laughs> when Bihan shows his ice powers, it causes his hand to bleed, and it looks really painful. It almost looks like sort of a, a frostbite from within. And I kind of at least dug that. Like, it seems that the visual artists, uh, the visual effects artists, really tried to provide motivation for the effects so they don't just come across as noise. They actually mean something. I think it 
for me, it definitely got a reaction out of me when I saw that. Like at the, while I'm looking at it, thinking, "Oh yeah, this is this is really cool to see that in such detail." I, I noticed, like, "Oh, I'm kind of like cringing up a bit because I'm imagining like what that would yeah, feel like." I could feel it. Yeah. But then, uh, well, yeah, that's that's the beginning. You can see that on YouTube as well. They ha- they posted that sort of uh, it's it's the pre it's before the title comes up too so it's sort of like the intro to set the tone for the film and then now we can just talk a little bit about about the good guys that uh we find and the main character cole young is just kind of a kind of a lame character uh i'll just list the i'll list the other ones here and then i'll i'll pick your brain over you know who stands out who sucks so we got as far as good guys go in this film and pulling from the video games Beyond Cole Young, who's new, we got Jax, we got Sonya Blade, we have Lord Raiden, Liu Kang, and Kung Lao. Uh, and then Kano kind of uh, does a does a heel turn. Good guy at first, bad guy second. But yeah, of that those, caught me off guard. Yeah, but it, the dude that plays Kano in this is, we'll get into him a little later, but he really, I think he did a great job. But of, of the good guys, who stood out for better or for worse? Of the good guys, I would say more more than most Raiden. Um, it's it's very interesting to see like where they went as far as choosing someone for that role. Um, you know, originally it was Christopher Lambert in the first one. You know, very snarky kind of sassy uh, old dude. And this Raiden is more so um, extra pissed off at everyone. Has this stern wisdom, but really has no time for anybody's shit. Which I did, I appreciate it. Yeah, the the Christopher Lambert in the first movie is more of a trickster. And in this, I felt like they actually did capture the essence of what I would imagine Raiden to be, which is he's a god, so at the end of the day, he's not really concerned with, you know, empathizing with humans or anything along those lines. All he's really concerned with is, you know, maintaining the balance of, you know, the uh, the realms. Yes, very different approaches. Um, I feel like this Raiden is more... Um, like if you pissed in the dojo masters Wheaties or something, like <laughs> yeah. just eternally pissed at everyone and everything, but also he's got to protect earth, but it's also unclear what he is and isn't allowed to do. Yeah. Yeah. They really don't clarify that. So you, so you liked Raiden, but as far as the good guys who fell short for you. I, um, well, the main character, <laughs> which I yeah. think is everybody's consensus. Well, honestly, you know, let's just not even talk about him, because I think we can Fair both enough. agree, like, I get what they were trying to do, you know, they wanted to give you sort of a person that you could, the as the audience, put yourself onto without having any preconceived notions of them, but I think they cast wrong, they were casting for a stunt guy more than for an actor, it seems, but of the canonic characters if i'm using that correctly who sucked um luke kang <laughs> and and it's weird because i you know i don't think robin shu was the greatest actor uh but i feel like he did a better job 
being Liu Kang in the first movie. But this this Liu Kang, it's like I can't. The, the dude's killing me. He he's kind of like an amped up theater kid <laughs> crossed with like a very um, dramatic figure skater in the way that he maneuvers his body around and is very into his character. Um, and normally we see Liu Kang painted as somebody who's like a champion who's kind of always learning about things. And this one, he's just like, I know everything. And you must, yeah. you must channel the energies to learn in your arcana. And yeah, he just comes across as kind of yeah, one-dimensional. And especially for being like the hero from the franchise, you know, and I think in you know in the in the canon of Mortal Kombat he's won like I don't know like 10 championships or something like that 10 of the Mortal Kombats uh yeah this one I mean the special effects were cool he he's he does his fatality he summons the 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 fire dragon well yeah that's that's all we're going to talk about the good guys for time's sake but let's move on to the bad guys and we'll start with the good guy turned bad guy Kano who I thought was uh, pretty true to the game. He was a shit-talking, uh, money-grubbing, like, merc, basically, who would do anything for money, including turning into uh, the bad guy. So what do you think of Kano, Johnny? And beyond that, what other bad guys stood out for you? Oh wait! I think one sec here. Let me let me list them so we know who to pull from. Sorry, listeners, forgot about you there. We have we have Kano, we have Reptile, Shang Tsung, Melina, Natara, Cabal, General Raiko, General Raiko, excuse me, and Goro. <laughs> so yes, Kano and company. I would say Kano stole the show. Yeah, um, I feel like absolutely. Uh, true to the character, and I kind of went above and beyond, I think. Uh, total prick, uh, very much <laughs> like out for himself and nobody else. And, Sexist, racist. Yeah, all, all the things <laughs> yeah. that are bad, uh-huh. uh, but it somehow makes him great. And I, I, I can't believe like how like he has to be the first one out of the Earth Warriors to like figure out his thing, and it's over an egg roll. Uh-huh. It's not like it's not anything that's really like that triumphant or that cool. He just gets really mad about food. Yeah, uh, <laughs> worth pointing out. Yeah, in this in the movie, the the heroes are sort of chosen. They're born with this mark that you know puts them in line to you know fight in the Mortal Kombat, the tournament between the the many realms, and. In order to like unlock their potential, they call it their arcana. It's sort of their magic ability or their like divine weapon. They basically have to go through some sort of trial, whether they're like uh, you know witnessing something terrible or getting pissed off over an egg roll, as you're saying. And that's where we get Kano's laser eye. You know. Also, uh, uh, I lost it. <laughs> <laughs> moving on well yeah uh, uh well, the bad guys uh cabal i thought looks really cool but reminds me of uh this meme on the internet where people make garfield videos but call it garfield 
<laughs> just like a text-to-speech generated voice. Um, but, you know, he sounds very much like some city goon, like, hey, I'm fucking walking he over does, here yeah. in our world. Hey, uh, Raiko. Um, it, it's interesting that they went with General Raiko because you don't really hear that much about him aside from, like, lore in the comic books. But I did really enjoy his scene with Jax when they went to the pit. Um, that was a really cool fight. Yes, this, this is an actual level. I think, isn't it, is it from the first game? It's a kind of a combination of the first and the second one, I think. Like, okay. it, when I saw it, I thought about the second Mortal Kombat game. Um, but I imagine it could be either version of it that's been recreated since. Yeah, this is, uh, yeah, we get Jax, you know, the dude with his metal arms. And then uh, this version of General Raiko was played, I forget the dude's name. Let me look real quick. Uh, he was played by Nathan Jones, who is like a former WWE wrestler, and it shows because he is oh, wow. a beefcake. <laughs> uh, up until the point, Jax again, referencing the game, uses his fatality where he takes his metal arms and boxes the dude's ears, exploding his head. Yeah. Yeah, ex yeah it was pretty fucking It's sweet. great. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, speaking of sweet fights, let's get to the, uh, what, uh, the, I can never, I can't think of the turn of phrase, the cream of the crop, I guess I could say. This is the final fight between Sub-Zero and Scorpion, and also Cole is there uh <laughs> kind of yeah yeah but anyways you know i helped <laughs> whatever with that but yeah we get we get sub-zero you know ice guy versus scorpion who is this you know revenge uh driven dude that i mean he shows up uh he's unlocked basically by he's related to cole uh down the down the bloodline so cole you know bleeds on his on Scorpion's old weapon and revives him. And when he arrives, he says to Sub-Zero, he says, I have risen from hell to kill you. Uh, <laughs> and that's after he delivers, he says that in Japanese, that's after he delivers his famous line, get over here in English. But uh, that's just, that's Hollywood, folks. But yeah, yeah. What, what stood out to you with this, this Scorpion-Sub-Zero fight? I think they missed an opportunity. I mean, the way that they had him transition into um, Earth in the middle of that fight, I feel like it was kind of sudden. Mm -hmm. um, but from there, it picks up. Uh, it really feels like it's one of those moments in the movie where it's like, okay, this is this is why I'm watching the movie. Yeah. Um, and it, it it's it's a very tense moment between like that fight taking place between those two and Cole trying to uh, trying to you know, like fight away the ice that Sub Zero has put over his wife and kid. Um, but how they sort of like how Cole and Scorpion kind of team up at the end, I think, is a really nice execution before. Uh, Sub-Zero's inevitable execution takes place. Yeah, another fatality. Famous fatality of Scorpions. He does the whole uh, fire breath, which looked really fucking cool. They they had him breathe fire from what looked like a human face, and then you can see his mouth singeing 
as the flames, you know, burn it. Just sort of leaves Sub-Zero in ashes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and what else? Do, oh, I mean, the, it's in the trailer, and it still thrilled me when it happened, but when Scorpion, uh, <clears throat> he strikes, or I'm sorry, Sub-Zero strikes Scorpion, Scorpion's blood spurts, Sub-Zero freezes the ice, or freezes the blood into a knife and then stabs Scorpion with it. Yeah. That was, I was like, that's, this movie seems to me almost like the, 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 the producers that made it, I don't think they really understood what the magic of Mortal Kombat is. And the same goes, I would say, for the editors. But I think the fight choreographers, as well as the visual effects artists, they seem to be Mortal Kombat fans. Because they really, they gave us the stuff that we wanted as fans. Yeah, I think it's, I think it's definitely hands down um, on those two departments that kind of pulled through, I think. Because if you would have just had a whole crew, and I mean, there's a lot of people. I, I went through those credits to see if there were any Easter eggs. Um, there's a lot of people that worked on this movie. But I think um, those are the kind of people, you know, the fight choreographers and the effects department that made sure that it was going to hold the integrity and the weight of the anticipation that so many people had been longing for, I think. And uh, I think that also reinforces, you know, if you're talking about Mortal Kombat, you know, there's going to be there has to be this element of the unknown and the mysticism and the magic and all sorts of, you know, good and evil stuff. So I think if you're going to have that, at least, you know, there's a chance that it's going to work. But I would say go check it out as a bonus. If you want to see something really horrible that I just recently discovered in the Mortal Kombat universe, go on YouTube and look up Mortal Kombat Federation of the Martial Arts. You will find a playlist somewhere that tells a whole story of this complete train wreck um, that is an official Mortal Kombat thing where people could bet on fights that took place on a Mortal Kombat website. Um, It was implied that you could win props from movies, and they had actors from previous movies and other um, martial arts people. It, It is so bad. But you, if you love terrible things, you will love this. Well, I'd like to think my fans and the listeners of the show, they wouldn't listen to it if they didn't appreciate <laughs> the treasure that we find in the trash. And on that note, uh, I want to thank Johnny again for coming back to the show and talking about Mortal Kombat again. Thank you so much for having me back. And I would like to say to all the fakers out there, stay safe, stay clean, and take care. Well, is there any, uh, I mean, is there anything you want to promote? Or should we just say our goodbyes? I would say... um, uh, Social media, is there anything? Yeah, I'm on Instagram uh, at Johnny Arlette. Uh, My website is johnnyarlette.com. Um... Uh, oh, I was not prepared for this part. <laughs> oh, that's all right. Uh, well, fakers, you can follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Fake Ritual and on Twitter at Fake Ritual Blog. And also, I'm just going to 
beg a little bit. Please go rate, review, and subscribe to things, because from what I hear, it helps podcasters. So, you know, and I also just want to read what people want me to do and want me to stop doing. Uh, and visit fakeritual.com. I hopefully will be updating it soon, but there's some old, old articles I wrote and some little Easter eggs you can hunt uh, around there. But beyond that, uh, thank you for listening. And remember that, uh, I don't know, what do I want them to remember? Keep it fake. Keep it fake, and, and hell is cool. I like I like I like remembering that. Hell is a cool place where, you know, you get to get revenge on Icemen. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Later fakers, been a long day. I will talk to you soon.